All right, welcome to Inside Flicks. This is our weekly discussion podcast where we talk about some of the recent movie news. We also talk about some of the things that happen in, or at least some of the things we have watched over the week. Mostly it's film or sometimes it's TV. I think in, in this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the TV series we, we've been watching. But let's get into right into the news because there's some big uh, kind of announcements that happened recently. Uh, Jason Momoa has joined the cast of Fast and Furious 10. This is, I guess, this is his uh, the whole. I, I, they haven't said what character he's playing, but I, I guess we assume, we could assume that he's been he's going to be playing the bad guy. And yeah. So, what's your thoughts, uh, Rich? Let's start with you. What's your thoughts? Well, I don't know if he's going to be playing the bad guy because they need. I mean, if if they if they already had a script working with the Rock, I don't think the Rock would be playing a bad guy. So, if he's filling in, in for that family. Rock's character, whatever. I mean, if he's if he's basically going to be saying. The rocks, whatever the rock they've written for the rock to do, they might mm. you know, they, they might hire somebody else to do play a bad guy. But you know, we, we'll never know. I mean, they might not even be working on the script yet. <laughs> I mean, I know, uh, I know. Maybe. I mean, it does. The film does have a release date at May 19, twenty twenty three, but that still doesn't mean it has a screenplay ready or ready to shoot. Uh, Raymond, what's your thoughts when you first heard that Jason Momoa is going to join this cast? Well, I mean, since uh, Dwayne Johnson isn't willing to return, um, it it makes sense. It was going to either be him or uh, Bautista, right? That would have been um, a good pick as well. I mean, Jason Keanu Reeves. And Keanu Reeves is always a name, and that gets. I, I think. I think Keanu. I think Keanu Reeves is. Our, is uh, if it ends up happening, he's supposed to be in Hobbs and Shaw too. Oh, well, so this is Fast and the Furious 10. So is this going to be the final film or this is a, I heard something about this might be a first part of a two-parter. You guys hear anything about that? That would make sense because they would want to, Universal would want to make as much money as possible with the, the mm -hmm. final, the final mm -hmm. one. I mean, the final Fast, they, they would at least want to consider make it a part one, part two or whatever. I mean, maybe uh, even... Uh, the first side being the American side and the, the second side going on the British side with Jason Statham and his family. Um, sure, sure. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I don't know about the Hobbs. I mean, like, I'm a big fan of the first Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw film. Right. <laughs> I like that movie. I yeah. kind of, I haven't checked uh, the last Fast and the Furious film yet. I mean, mm -hmm. I kind of just give, I gave up on this fr franchise. So I really, I mean, I love Jason Momoa. He makes sense. It, it's actually quite odd that it took this long for him to join this cast. I mean, he it, it should be a no brainer that he should have joined the cast like a lot sooner. But uh, I don't know if I care about Fast and the Furious anymore. Are you guys done with the fr franchise? I've been done with it a long time. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna finish the franchise. I mean, two more movies. Yeah, I I just hope that if um that we end up getting that Hobson shot too. Yeah, that, I would love and to see that. And the rumors about of like Keanu Reeves uh, joining the are are true. Yeah, yeah. So. Ju director Justin Lin's back to direct this one. He's producing it with uh, Vin Diesel, uh, Therese. Tyrese. Tyrese Gibson and Ludacris, <laughs> Ludacris, <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> yes. Michelle Rodriguez and Sung Kane are also back, uh, expected to come back. Uh, but no, I, I haven't seen the last movie, but uh, John Cena was the big guy, the big bad guy there. Is his character, well, I don't know, maybe that's a spoiler, but is his character still alive? Is Charlize still alive? 
is uh, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Russell still alive? <laughs> yeah. I watched I watched the movie not even that long ago, and I I already forgot. So maybe there's a chance for we could see John Cena coming back. I don't know. You know, maybe it doesn't matter if he dies in the last film or not. No, <laughs> they brought Han back. Okay, let's get to our next uh, news item. It's Master of the Universe, uh, a live-action adaptation of this uh, Mattel movie. It's headed officially to Netflix. Uh, this was kind of a rumor back in the day, and it was actually rumored that it was going to star our favorite actor, uh, Noah Centineo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the case. It's, it seems like a, an actor who, who just recently appeared in West Side Story, the Spielberg version, uh, Kyle Kyle. Alan, who's going to be playing He-Man, aka Prince Adam, in this version, uh, the the directors are, are who are, are who are rumored to be t- attached is is are, the directors are attached to this project is Adam and Aaron Nee, who recently directed that comedy, The Lost City, with um, Sandra. Oh, Bo- Sandra Bullock. Okay, and uh, the other um, who's the um, other person? Oh, Shannon Tatum. Yeah, so they're going Shane to be and, uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, right, and they're going to be direct. So they're attached to direct this uh, Master of the Universe adaptation for Netflix. The screenwriter is David Callahan, who recently wrote Shang Chi, your favorite movie. Oh. <laughs> he also wrote Mortal Kombat. Oh, and Wonder he co-wrote Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Oh, oh. <laughs> and keep on coming. <laughs> So, so what's your thoughts on this particular project coming to Netflix? It, uh, Netflix already has done a couple of, uh, of cartoon versions of He-Man. Now this is the live action version. Are you guys excited? Well, it was such a great decision to hire Kevin Smith for that He-Man spinoff. So <laughs> this is just another great decision from Netflix to go ahead and hire someone new. I mean, you know what? You know, we got we got He-Man. Well, the, to- the directing team makes me think, and also the writing team makes me think that this is going to be a straight out borderline spoof type of comedy or action comedy. What, what's your guys' thoughts on, on? It's most likely well, going to be another one, another film aimed for kids. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to. They're, they're no, try I, to- I think. I think they, there's there's a big chance they might end up doing the same thing that the last He Man movie did, the Dolph Lundgren movie. Oh yeah, uh, and they they might do like um. <clears throat> I mean, because that's kind of what like Mortal Kombat did, where you know they they uh, they centered on a Cole Young and centered it like on on most of the movie was on Earth, none of it was even in the combat. They might just do something where like um uh like mo- most of the movie is like He Man on on Earth again. <laughs> right, right. Like in yeah. like in the in, like in the Dolph Lundgren film, set yeah. in our reality or kind of modern day a modern day city or something like that, where he comes from. A, a yeah, dimension. it'll just be like it'll just be like two or three scenes actually in the actual like. Well, I, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not familiar with the He Man lore, but whatever their planet or whatever Grayskull or whatever. Uh, let's get to our next item, which is um. John Krasinski is working on his next film, Paramount. It's a Paramount family movie called If, and he has a big cast. Steve Carell has joined the cast, and Louis Gossip Jr. has joined as well. And Alan Kim, who's the little boy from Minari, he has joined. And Mm. Kaylee Flemings from The Walking Dead. She's the, the, the girl from the little girl from Walking Dead. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and they have, uh, I guess this was previously, an- previously announced that ca- cast members have uh, has already been Ryan Reynolds, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and 
Fiona Shaw. And this is kind of a, a film that uh, John Krasinski has is going to be writing, directing, and starring in. And it's uh, supposedly it's a it's an original idea original idea from him. It's about a child's journey to re- rediscover their imagination, and it's set for oh. Thanksgiving, November seventeenth, twenty twenty three. It's a big cast. What do you guys think of this cast? Seems like it's going to be cameos. It's going to be a bunch of uh, like small character cameos. If it's like it's got to be some kind of Wizard of Oz kind of thing. If it's going to be or you know, it, it's going to involve Street Carell and the little girl. Yeah, I, I mean, mean and, there, and, it was announced long. It was announced a long time ago that uh, that John Krasinski was working on a film with Ryan Reynolds called Imaginary Friends, and I'm not sure if this is the same project or whatever. But that was also in Paramount, and that was about a guy who. Uh, who could see imaginary friends, uh, childhood friends, right? Uh, like kind of imaginary friends, which it seems like this is might be the same project because this is also a family movie. I don't know, but w- w- I don't know. It also, Ryan Reynolds also said that he was going to retire for a little bit after Free Guy or something like that. Oh, did he? I don't know. Kind of uh, recently. Uh, Raven, what's your thoughts on this this cast? It's a good cast, but um, I I need to see a trailer or something to yeah. really get excited. Yeah. It, yeah, for it, me, it, it's not. It, 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 it's a good cast, but it's it's not the type of cast, I guess. It's because it's a family film that I'm really yeah. I'm not super. It's a kids movie. I, need, I need, yeah, I need to see a trailer. Let, let me just say this: if John Krasinski comes out with this movie and it doesn't hit well with critics or audiences, does that make him like pigeonholed as like to the horror genre? Like, do, do people say just stick with horror if this doesn't hit with the audiences? Maybe because he tried comedy before. Yeah, right. he, he has tried yeah. some uh, indie films, uh, some like light slice of life comedy. That that, that I mean, people think that uh, a Quiet Place was his directorial debut. I think he directed two movies before that, which yeah. which which didn't hit at all. wasn't wasn't I don't think even critically was was a uh, acclaimed. But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because now he has has become this really big director. And he's he wants to branch out of the horror genre, at least for this movie. I wonder if he's going to be pigeonholed if this doesn't make it. Maybe he should just be doing horror movies. Hey, it's working out for Jordan mm. Peele. Yeah, but who knows? He could be a next Rob Reiner. I mean, Rob Reiner had a string of hits mm-hmm. uh, the beginning of his career. I mean, and and different then, genres and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to our next item. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. He's going to be starring in a new speedboat heist movie called Cut and Run. Uh, this is a uh, film about uh, a group of thieves using high-powered speedboats to rob super yachts, and yet they steal the wrong thing from the wrong group of people. This is from the writer of Eagle Eye and Law Abiding Citizen, uh, John Glenn. He's 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 behind the spec script, and uh, Gyllenhaal is producing this film too. Uh, strange, uh, you know, career choice for. Gillen Hall. I mean, he's been doing a lot of these action films a lot lately. I mean, his next film is going to be a movie from uh, director Michael Bay, and it seems like he's kind of in this like action mode now. I mean, for the longest time, uh, people have been saying, "Stay away from water pictures. Stay away from water pictures." <laughs> I mean, ever since Waterworld and stuff like that. I mean, Jaws even. Stay away from stay stay away from the water. This seems a speedboat movie. I mean, this is uh, just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if they could pull it off, they could pull it off. But I don't know. It's throw a big shark in it or mm-hmm. something, you know. Um, Raymond, what's your thoughts on on Gyllenhaal's uh, career choice here? Now that he's doing, he wants to do a lot of action. 
But yeah, I mean, like you were saying, he's doing a Michael Bay movie, now this movie, and uh, he's also doing that remake of uh, Roadhouse. Yeah. So um, I I don't know what's up with Jill and Hall, man. Uh, this is uh, this is ridiculous. This is <laughs> stupid. I I have no interest in this movie. I mean, I, I mean, hopefully a trailer comes out and I change my mind. But I mean, this sounds dumb. <laughs> um, it seems like he just doesn't want to like invest emotionally into a character like he has done with his other other roles. You know, see, like for instance, in Nightcrawler, it seemed like it took a lot out of him to play something like that. And this, or I like think, Southpaw. Or yeah, or like a lot of his like re- his earlier films, like he, it took an emotional toll on him, and I, I'm thinking that he just wants to just do be more physical and stuff like that. You know, you know he has a war movie that with uh, Guy Ritchie that he's also developing or they're shooting right now or something like that. So I mean he he's like he's like kind of in this different mold in his career, or maybe he's looking for something to like, uh, maybe he's looking for a hit. You know, maybe he's th- maybe he's thinking some of these action films are, are a good way to get his name out there as a as someone who's you know a box office hit guy. You know, I don't know. It's weird. He's still kind of young. I mean, I mean, not, I mean, he's going to be hitting the fifty soon, <laughs> and uh, and that's when you got you got to reconsider. I mean, well, you become a character actor at that at that moment. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our next item. Chris Evans has joined dwayne johnson's red one this is for the for amazon studios this is supposedly their holly hollywood or no holiday holiday themed uh oh yeah red one movie with with uh which comes from uh filmmaker jake kasdan kasdan jake kasdan who is who recently did the jumanji films with um with the rock yeah yeah so like when i first read about this like um like I, I read Chris Evans joins um, Dwayne Johnson's uh, Red One. I was like, oh, uh, Chris Evans is joining the the sequel to Red Notice. Right. <laughs> and I, I read, I read. Oh no, this is like a holiday movie. What the hell? And um, uh, I mean, it's 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 gonna be Jay Kasdan. Uh, I I thought the Jumanji move sequels with Dwayne Johnson were fine. I'm sure this will be fine too, but um. I guess no, no excitement for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's since it's red one, it's gonna be it's gotta involve uh, Santa for, in some reason. So I don't know. It could be could be good or Dwayne, could, yeah, it could be good Dwayne or it could Johnson be Dwayne and, uh, Dwayne Rocks Johnson's next tooth fairy. <laughs> oh, but, but do you think Dwayne Johnson's gonna be playing like a an elf in the movie or something like that, like a elf bodyguard? No, I, uh, yeah, I think they'll have to be two parents who have to try to save Santa or something like that. I don't think it's that simple. I, I, from what I remember from the original article, it was something about they were trying to make a kind of um, universe, kind of a new universe, a holiday universe, Christmas universe for Amazon. It was like going to supposed to be multiple. It's supposed to be like a franchise, and this is also going to be written by Chris Morgan, who did the Fast and Furious film. So it has to be something action. But also holiday, so I don't know what that means. And I don't Bill know Gibson's back at Santa. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, let me see here. Motor Combat. Uh, speaking of, about Motor Combat earlier, it's getting a, a sequel, and uh, apparently uh, they have hired screenwriter Jeremy Slater, who uh, is the guy who's writing Moon Knight. The TV series for uh, Marvel, and he what had, else he do? 
Apparently, he created the TV series The Exorcist, but uh, and but recently, it's he's been working on Moon Knight, and uh, this is going to be a sequel to the kind of I don't know. Is it? I guess it was a big hit for for HBO Max, and and uh, oh yeah, it did, it did well yeah. internationally. The the Mortal Kombat. Although we saw this movie, and we all agreed that it's a terrible film. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I oh, I, well, I, thought, really I, liked, thought, it, I thought it was. I thought it was enjoyable right, enough for for a, for a dumb movie. I gave it a C. Told you guys gave it like Fs or whatever. But I thought uh, I'm I excited for the it. sequel because my I'm excited for the sequel because for me the problem with the last movie was the screenplay, and uh, and that we never and that and that they didn't show that um they didn't really show any of the combat. But this one is like setting it up like you know it it skip it's it should be it should be like you know. They introduced us to all the characters, and I should be getting to all, all the good stuff. And with a new writer, um, I have faith. Okay. <laughs> so you did you? Well, I mean, like, like I know I'm not really familiar with Jeremy Slater's work. I mean, well, it's just a, it's just a step up from the last writer. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, uh, Moon Knight was because uh, I'm I'm planning to watch Moon Knight. Although I I'm not a big fan of the MCU series, they kind of have been disappointments uh, in my eyes. But if Moon Knight turned out to be a really, really good series, then I will have more faith in Mortal Kombat, this Mortal Kombat sequel, because, you know, yeah, I agree that the script was probably the worst thing about that movie. Uh, you could say the acting, too. But... <laughs> oh, definitely the acting. And CGI. Uh, no, the but... CGI was fine. Um, well, their choice their, their choice of going, their, their R rating. I mean, mm. they, had, they had all the opportunity oh, right. to have more, more, more blood, but, you know, no. I didn't have an issue with that. Uh, all right, so let's get to our next item. Uh, Rob Zombie was uh, talking about Louis Anderson. Louis, An- Louis Anderson just recently passed, and Rob Zombie had his condolences, and also he said something about, I guess this was on his Instagram. He said, sad news about Louis Anderson. About five years ago, Louis called me up to work to work together on a Fatty Arbarco biopic starring him as fatty we started to develop it but like most projects it never came to be he was a good dude uh fatty arbuckle it's always kind of been a a, this project that's been swimming around hollywood but no one is able to uh to attach it you know really get into it and really come to fruition yeah rob Rob zombie wouldn't be my first choice but you know what louis anderson would have been an interesting choice as 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 fatty but um it's too late now it's too i mean yes it's definitely too too late but i think i remember like chris farley as at one point was thinking about maybe developing a a fatty arbuckle project I mean, he has a fascinating uh, story where it's the, the you know the fall mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, the rise and fall of, of a comedian. You know, Fetty Arbuckle was one of the great comedians, and he, cle- and he was able to clear his, he was able to clear his name. And yeah. after he cleared his name, he, he just couldn't get work anymore, like or at least not in the level of before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the kind of the great kind of uh, falls of a silent era comedian, and he was one like he. It's unfortunate his you know his name is not brought up like chaplin or or buster keaton you know it's like he is almost forgotten well the controversy always uh, always haunted him it's to to this day still still follows him that's why it would it would be awesome if they actually got uh, got a movie made one day um there should be multiple fatty arbuckle movies (laughs) 
It sh- uh, they should do a, a limited series on FX or something. <laughs> yeah, directed by Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Why would Louis Anderson uh, contact Rob Zombie? Was he, that was was he even in any of Rob Zombie's films? I don't. I don't remember. I don't think so. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe Rob Zombie once said that he was a big fan of Fatty Arbuckle, and and then oh, um, did Rob Zombie do an animated thing with Louis Anderson on that? Oh, did he? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, so you're you're you you're desperate for a Fatty Arbuckle biopic. Who would who would star in that one? Now, um, it has to be a comedian, right? Then Josh Gad. No, no. I don't well, that's the only one that will get a green light. No, the Game of Thrones guy who's now on Moon and on Moonfall, whatever. Um, yeah, maybe. Well, what? Yeah. How old is? I mean, uh, Louis Anderson would have been really old at the time. I yeah, mean, even I know, he, right? He, he would, uh, yeah, he, yeah. What, he'd be too what, old. So it would have been covering. It would have probably been covering like the the toward towards the end or something like that. Would that be even before when Louis got the the job on FX's? Uh, um, the, uh, whatever that, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, baskets. Yeah, I think it would have been before. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about really quickly the Sundance uh, winners. The Sundance was, uh, just ended. It ran for a week and it, and let's just really quickly talk about some of the winners. Uh, the big award went to Nanny, a film called Nanny, uh, about a it's a movie about it's a, apparently it's a horror movie about an immigrant uh, African nanny who t- is taking care of a, a child of a wealthy family. That was the uh, big winner. The audience award, which is kind of like the secondary award, went to Cha Cha Real Smooth, which is from the writer director Cooper Rafe. This was a big buzz about movie. Uh, Cooper Rafe is the guy who did Shit House uh, a, a couple of years ago, which I I, mm-hmm. I, I liked. This one stars himself and uh, um, Dakota fan, uh, no Dakota Johnson, and uh, yeah, so th- it was kind of uh, I don't know an unimpressive Sundance this year. I didn't hear anything really about this year. No, I mean even though it was it went virtual again, uh, you would think of it, it would you would hear a lot more. It really felt like um, an okay. I mean, okay at best kind of year. I you mean, think? You think Sundance? There was a lot of films. You, there was a lot there of was films a, to like fill up fill up the categories, but it's just not not enough that um uh, to make you know noise. Yeah. Do you think Sundance is over in the sense that it's it used to be this f- festival that started the uh, you know the year and people it, a lot of the movies trickled down through the rest of the year. It's that seems like it's over. The like the power of Sundance seems to be really in the decline, and I think people don't even give a shit about this f- festival or any festival really because these movies don't do any money. It's yeah. I mean, like it or not, they just don't do any money, and they really aren't that. Um, they kind of fly fly under the radar now. I mean, who won last year? I think it was Coda that one was Coda. a big, Coda was a big one, and that's a movie that no one really seen. I mean, people talk about people who that was that's because it was poorly uh, marketed. Um, I could I could see Coda um, have easily been a big hit on like uh, on on like Netflix or or even honestly even like Disney Plus. I think it feels like a Disney movie in many ways. 
Um, it could have been on there. Um, Apple Plus, I think, was probably the worst place for it and probably the worst place for Finch. You, Finch, I think, would have probably also been a big hit on either Netflix or Disney Plus. <laughs> and I think it could have kind of would have fit on either one of those. Uh, uh, Apple Plus is just like, uh, horrible at marketing <laughs> movies. Um, it's a wasteland. I'm, I'm right surprised. Now, yeah. Ted, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Ted Lasso was is able to um, become, uh, you know, uh, successful and have word of mouth and all that because uh, nothing. Uh, yeah, Apple Plus sucks. What well, are we talking about again? It's Sundance. <laughs> you think they have lost their luster? I mean, the the, yeah. the, the power of Sundance it used to be a big thing in the nineties, where they they were kind of keen makers. They would, you know, yeah. the winners from those that festival well, would go here's on. Here's the thing. Do here's a- the thing. Those movies used to be fresh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now it's like a, a Sundance movie is almost like typical. And uh, and I like Coda. Coda's like in my like top 15 favorite movies of the year uh it's 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 a great movie but it's it's kind of like it's almost like a a stereotypical sundance movie in many ways like it's it's i mean it's years ago it was uh, a little miss sunshine hold on hold on let me hear sundance 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 used to be like uh it, it, it used it used to bring innovation and uh, it used to bring like a lot of fresh directors and, and unique voices that had the like, unique styles and I think it's just all kind of blended into just the same. What was the what was the winner before uh, the year before Coda? Uh, Coda the year before. Let me see. It was Minari, which was a big hit. Minari, and, and Minari was a great film, a great film. But at the same time, it's also like a it's a, another kind of typical Sundance thing. And I, I, I don't, they, they kind of, they stopped innovating, I guess is what I'm trying to well, say. I, like they, I, not, not, not them. The filmmakers have, right. The filmmakers, the filmmakers, have, the film, that's what, I, that's what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm, I should be saying. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think you used to, you know, when, when let's say, it's not that the, movie, it's not that the movies are bad. Right. It's just that there's, 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 uh, there's almost a formula to it. It's almost like the, the MCU the, <laughs> of Sundance films. Like. When in the nineties, when like say Reservoir Reservoir Dogs came out or El Mariachi, there were there were these filmmakers who were trying to reinvent the genre and trying to you know they were they were really kind of coming up with a new cinematic language. That's not the case anymore. I don't. I don't. Not not, in the, not as as extreme as it used to be. It's rare. Yeah. It's rare. Well, for those type of films, it would probably be South by Southwest now, and probably uh, yeah, maybe even well. But that that's just to say, so Sundance is definitely not what it was in the nineties. Yeah, and ever, ever since Robert Redford said uh, "Hail Hydra," <laughs> you saying he sold out to Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> sold out Sundance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but d- d- speaking of a- Apple TV, Apple TV did pick up uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth, which is the you know the the big film that it won this year, and it's it was yeah, the, but I, I bet it wasn't twenty million. No, but it was fifteen million. Whoa, damn. it was the biggest a- acquisition so far. Uh, Apple paid for it. Apple TV paid for it. Apple TV. I mean, they they like to op- overpay. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, they're well, they're trying. They're trying really hard to make a dent this year, and I think with, that's the Dakota want, Johnson, right? It seems yeah. like they want to be like the prestigious like uh, streaming service, but it's like no one really cares about that right now. Well, they, <laughs> they have they 
started with the prestigious TV stuff, right? And now they're really kind of making some um, steps to buy more IP and and also buy this movie, which seems to be a big hit in Sundance. And yeah, they're trying to make a, a move this year. And if they don't, if they don't win big this year, they, well, they have a they have a much deeper climb to, to or deeper uh, um, what's it called a hill to climb uh, or steeper climb or a steeper hill to climb. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, all right, let's end this episode with some of the TV shows that we have recently seen this past week. Rich, you wanted to talk about Resident Evil Season 2. It just started uh, up this week. Uh, with the- No, I didn't. Resident Alien. <laughs> All right, wait, wait, hold on. Let me do this again. Rich, you wanted to talk about Resident Alien Season 2, which started up this week with its first episode of Season 2. This what Well, describe the show for us, Rich. Well, this is the second season of uh, starring Alan Tudyk as an alien who, uh, I guess he crash lands. I think he crash lands on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a great show. And it started on um, Sci-Fi Channel. And uh, season two just started. And the first episode is now free to watch on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I, su- I suggest you all go watch the first season and watch the first episode because it, it's, it's a great first season. And they're off to another great start with uh, season two. It's so, uh, the first season is available on Peacock, right? Yeah, and the, uh, it was on Peacock. Yeah, and season two is on Peacock and Sci-Fi Channel. It was on. It's on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Raymond, did you watch anything recently? I think you saw. You wanted to talk about something. Uh, I haven't really been watching much. Uh, I've been watching the stuff that we you know, we've been reviewing on. On the YouTube channel, I've been continuing to watch uh, Boba Fett, and I've been continuing to watch Peacemaker. But the one other series that I've been watching is, uh, on a weekly basis, is the new season, the second season of The Righteous Gemstones. And uh, the new season is uh, absolutely fantastic. I thought the first season was was incredible. Uh, And I think there was a a bit of a trepidation going into the first season for me because uh, I liked the previous Jody Hill series, Jody Hill and uh, Danny McBride series, Vice Principals, but it was a bit hit and miss. And uh, I, w- I wasn't quite sure if, uh, you know, this evang- evangelical kind of uh, preacher series was going to be be the hit. But I ended up uh, loving the first season. This new season is telling the completely new story. Uh, it's We uh, starts off... Um, Starts off in the first episode, uh, we get flashbacks to like John Goodman's character to when he was like a, a, in his youth, and we find out about his like troubled past, and uh, we find out about his relationship that he had with this uh, a character that's uh, played by um, Eric Roberts, and uh, we find out they had this like very uh, sketchy background, and when he comes back into his life, you know he uh, all all of that stuff kind of comes back into uh kind of uh john goodman's character's life and it's very interesting that uh we see kind of a a bit a bit of a new mystery start to develop so far in the season uh kind of like in the, in the previous season and um yeah i'm 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 loving it uh also the inclusion of uh eric andre is uh, it's just fantastic <laughs> and yeah uh good show two thumbs up <laughs> so it's your your f- favorite comedy series of of recent 
Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, gemstones, right? What's it called? It's the, the the Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max. All right. Rich, you also saw part the first part of season four of Ozark, the Netflix series, uh, the crime series. This is the first part of their final season. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, um, they, 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 they split the season up because it's the final season and they, they split it up to two parts and they started off the season, um, with, a with a quick future look of, uh, what's to come. And it's, a, a it's a lot of reminiscence to breaking bad. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I like this, the, 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 the season from last more, uh, because of it, I, um, I think if it was a whole, it was if it was a complete season, I would like it a lot more. But uh, it's still it's Ozark. It's still a great show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't deny it. It's, it's you're you're hooked with this family all all till the end. But um, the the end is coming, and um, I, I'm worried that I'm going to be um, going to be wanting more. But um, you you feel like you might be disappointed with this uh, final season. It's um, because if, doesn't it feel like it going, it's going a little too fast? Because I seen the yeah, I seen the first it, part it too. Feels, it feels a little uh, Game of Thrones, you know, like it's uh, really going, going really quick. quick. Yeah, they're tying, and, they're tying a lot of loose ends with this season now. So if, well, it's a good thing that it's probably not a show that had so many storylines like Game of Thrones. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is well for those who don't know Ozark. This is the Jason Bateman, uh, Lori Linney. Uh, it's a, they play a couple. They play a married couple with kids, and they uh, Jason Bateman plays Marty Bird. He is a financial ge- ge- genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he finds him like his company is uh, uh, money laundering a for the car- Mexican cartel, and because he finds this out, he becomes more involved with the with the criminal activities and. To a point where he has to set up a well, basically oh, the, oh. the cartel wants wants him dead from the first episode, and it's it's basically him trying to survive and uh, with his whole family and right. Like so that. they have so. to move to the Ozark, uh, Missouri, and then he ends up uh, establishing a casino there. So each episode kind of started with this big idea. First one is about him moving to the Ozark. Second second was about uh, setting up the uh, the casino. The third was kind of like Laura Linney was her character was getting to the politics side of her. Uh, she she comes from a politics. Uh, background and she becomes mm-hmm. more uh, involved with politics and corruption and it's getting really 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 good and this is this episode or this season this number four season which is extended to 14 episodes usually it's 10 episodes each season so we saw the fir- the first seven episodes which is now available now on Netflix it seems like they're kind of uh well we gotta come up with a way to end this and they, and then it really like I was saying it feels really fast <laughs> and and the kids their kids who who are a part of the show who are kind of in the background in most of the series are now up up front and they're playing a major part now and again that's which I, I don't mind I don't they're, mind either it just feels yeah. it, I would have loved more of this like with the rest of the it's just you know with the rest of the season it's mm-hmm. look it's not look it's it's been compared to uh, breaking bad it's not as good as breaking bad of course because breaking bad is like one of the best films ever or best series ever but yeah. it's it's a good it's a really decent good kind of alternative or you know one, at least one of the best kind of those knockoffs of breaking bad that came out afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's a good performance. 
Everyone, it's one of the best things on Netflix, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's unfortunate. <laughs> I don't know why they have to get rid of it. I mean, this could have gone for a couple more seasons, uh, but maybe this, those are contract deals or something. Uh, Julia Gardner, mm-hmm. who's always been the breakout person in the in the series, she plays Roof. She's an Emmy winner also. Uh, she has won an Emmy for this part. Again, she's really good and strong in this season, and she's great in it. Again, but uh, it's it seems like a really tiny. They're tying up a lot of loose ends in this this season. It's it's, it's good. I mean, if you're a fan of the Ozark, you're gonna probably be fine with this season. Yeah, it's it's good. And if you haven't seen the series, please check it out. It's it's actually probably some of Jason Bateman's best dramatic work I've seen them in. And- and it's good to see Robin Wright Penn behind the camera as well. I mean, oh yeah, she directed- I, I like. I really, I really liked her last film, Land, um, and uh, that that one's uh, worth a watch if you haven't seen that. Um, that's star- that's star- that's starring her out in the wilderness, and uh, uh, she directs the last two episodes, and um, they were good. And it's worth binging still. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, before we go, let me just really quickly talk about Wolf Like Me. This is a Peacock mm-hmm. series that stars uh, Isla Fisher. Is it Isla Fisher? Yeah, and Josh Gad. And Josh Gad. And they, they, this is a uh, an Australian set series. Uh, it's kind of like a romantic dramedy with a supernatural twist. And it's a, it's a, a story about these two, oh, I, I guess... Josh Gad plays a single father, a widowed father. Father, uh, he is uh, his wife dies from cancer, and he's uh, he's now taking care of his, his young daughter, and uh, he kind of um, randomly uh, um, crashes into this uh, woman uh, played by Isla Fisher, and they have they start up a kind of a, a romantic relationship, and we later find out that she has a dark past herself and it's a, it's a, it's a sweet kind of romantic dramedy with a little bit of horror elements into it. Uh, it's six episodes, a really quick binge. It's pretty decent. It's actually, yeah, they're, they're half hour episodes. So yeah, it's, it's really quick. It's really quick. This is from Abe Foresight, writer, director, Abe Foresight. He's an Australian a filmmaker who previously did a movie that we all enjoyed. It's called little monsters which is now on Hulu, which is actually still playing on Hulu. Yeah. It's a decent show. And I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's good. And if you like kind of um, darker versions of romantic dramedies, I think you would like this. And there, there's some slight comedy in here too. I, I would say I would wish that it would be more of a comedy, but it's not. It's really kind of a kind of a little bit of a sappy kind of a romantic drama, but it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's only, I mean, I think six episodes was perfect. All right. That's it for this episode of Insight Flicks. And uh, if you want to hear our past episodes, go to insightflix.com. Hey, you can also search us on uh, on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Just search Insight Flicks and we're there. All right. Bye-bye.